You're listening to Messages of Infinite Light with Ain Kate Sullivan and Mira by Davy, the show that helps us discover the truth of who we are and imagines where we are going as masterful creators. Welcome, friends and mystical travelers. This is Ain Kate Sullivan, co-host of Messages of Infinite Light with spiritual teacher Mirabai Devi. So we have teamed up to offer insights and practices to help our international community step into the Aquarian age with increasing grace and ease. What is the Aquarian age? What are we stepping into? So let's let's explore that. So today, what I want to focus on is offering a monologue on the eternal body of light and how establishing this practice can help us navigate during challenging times. And we're definitely there. We're in it. So let's figure out how to carry on. On my other Superpower Network podcast, Wisdom of the Ages, I'm presenting a series now of monologues on the topic of higher consciousness. And I hope you will come along with me. I'm not interested in dogma. And you do not have to agree with me. I'm here to ask questions and share ideas to deepen your quest and your inquiries. So this is all about your journey to wholeness and perhaps our grail adventure together into the Aquarian age. So one thing I like to do is explore religious concepts and then drop personifications and find the deeper underlying patterns that lead to wisdom and ultimately liberation. So I like developing new concepts, new ideas, and um, a new vocabulary based on something that's much more ancient. So you might be interested in exploring the concept of the unified field or unity consciousness on Wisdom of the Ages. Just go to superpowerexperts.com slash wisdom of the ages, and you'll find lots and lots of episodes to listen to there about the sacred. But now we find ourselves at a pivotal moment, which is about the survival of humanity at large. So let's go ahead and make the shift. Let's let's step into this new time. Ah, how do we begin? It's a good question. First, we need to establish an eternal body of light. Now, some people, a lot of people call it the light body. I started calling it the eternal body of light because, because, well, it's, it is the infinite self. We're, we're, establishing a connection with this infinite self. And from this perspective, we become increasingly free to begin navigating multiple realms and realities. Now, this isn't, um, I mean, I think at first we imagine this, but what might happen over a period of time is you might realize that this infinite self is more ancient than we are. It's a little bit of a humbling moment when that <laughs> when that arises. But okay, before we dive in further, I'm going to take a quick ad break. And when we return, let's dive deeply together into discussion about the eternal body of light, what it is. And I'll share a practice that may help you connect to this infinite self. After all, we're already standing in the Aquarian age. So let's dive in more deeply and focus not so much on what's ending, but instead what's arising. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, 
and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens, then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is Ian Kate Sullivan, co-host of Messages of Infinite Light with Spiritual Teacher Mirror by Devi, where we offer many spiritual perspectives and practices to help us navigate these shifting times. And you can find many more episodes on superpowerexperts.com slash power up slash messages of infinite light. Lots to check out. So what is the eternal body of light and what does it matter? I've also called it the infinite self or the body of light. Now, in in the Bardic traditions and the Celtic traditions that I'm very familiar with, the person who is training to be a mystic or a mage, a a magician, if you like, but someone who is uh, becoming a wise person would establish a sacred place, a sacred grove. And in that safe place, begin to explore this body of light. So this has gone on, this practice has gone on for thousands of years. It's very ancient practice. And when we start to tap into it, it tends to feel very familiar because basically every night when we go to sleep, we're stepping into this light body. We're beginning to go back home. We take a little trip. Rudolf Steiner says at night, we take a little trip back to our our spiritual home so that we can come back and live here and, and complete our lessons, what it is that we're learning on this plane of existence. Now, what's happening when we establish this eternal body of light is that we become conscious that we're in a dream world, a parallel universe, or a another realm. And why does this matter? It matters because the way the world is going, it's becoming increasingly holistic. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the multiverse, and uh, we can use computers to tap into it, but actually uh, the more ancient people have been tapping into this quite holistically for a very long period of time. So it's really tapping into the the dream state consciously. But let's let's talk about why this matters. So we are leaving the Piscean age, uh, which has all been about exploring the concept of the sovereign individual. We haven't needed to know so much about the multiverse or these other realms in the past, but really 2,000 years, we've been really focused on who we are as the ego, as the persona, as a developed separate individual. And we don't want to forget these lessons. It's been very important. We need to retain our sense of individuality, our freedom, as we step into a more collective way of being. And there are all kinds of power struggles right now around that. And that's the work we're doing. So once we enter the dream world, there's no separation. Once we dive into a lake, we're just one with the lake. Now, this can present a challenge to a um, persona because the persona wants to experience itself as an individual, right? But when we enter the field of knowing, there's a sense of oneness. 
So it's sort of like an in-breath, out-breath. We know ourselves as the point of existence. We know ourselves as the oneness of all things. And there's an in-breath and out-breath that goes on with this. This is really yoga. (laughs) But becoming conscious in the dream does take some practice. And it it might be 2,000 years of practice that we're just stepping into. But who knows? Maybe we'll get it this week. So in this dream world, we meet villains and heroes and heroines and angels and demons. We meet all sorts of beings. And like those on the Grail Quest, we may find ourselves challenged by many realms and dimensions. And the way through tends to be to ask the right questions. You see, all of this play of the astral plane is also illusion. So when we're on a quest, what do we need to ask? And of course, the most ancient question that we tend to ask is, who am I? So... <laughs> this, I, I could go down that that path. Do I do that? Well, who am I is very, very important because we might want to say, who am I as a person? Who am I as a friend, as a wife, as a as a partner, as a um, you know, podcaster right now? How am I appearing? And then keep asking that who am I question past the human labels into gosh. Without all of that, who am I? Who am I as a presence? How am I experiencing myself right now as a presence? And that can take take us into some very deep questions. And the mystics have been doing this for a very long time. Now, the way, one of the ways that we can familiarize ourselves with these multiple other worlds is through using Imaginosophy. This is a card game I've developed. Uh, you can check it out on Imaginosophy.com. I've, I, I spent about three decades developing it, and it's full of stories and poems and plays and archetypes, and there's a tarot set in it, and there's oracles, and there's quest cards, and all sorts of... It's an Imaginosophy. It's the philosophy of the imagination. And... I did it because I, you know, as we begin to navigate the the dreamscape, the landscape, we need to know how to play and and also how to us establish ourselves in different other worlds. So there's a lot about journeying, about journeying through portals and into the other worlds and uh, finding our guides who we can trust um, and and so forth. So I'll share more about Imaginosophy later, but you can check it out if it interests you, Imaginosophy.com. So the other way is really self-inquiry. And, and self-inquiry is the most ancient path to self-realization. And um, now we, we just mentioned this, this inquiry of who am I? And the grail quest question is, uh, who does the grail serve? And that answer is usually uh, God or the higher power and or the field of knowing, right? So it takes you to something that's outside of the self. And that's what the grail really does. It's a sense when we discover the grail, we're discovering our wholeness and that maybe the broken places aren't really so broken, that they're just um, they're just portals to walk through. So, but, you know, in order to get to the point where you're willing to move past the persona, past the status quo, 
um, you know, to the places where people tend to dwell on the edge of humanity, the fringe dwellers, the the ones who question, um, why would we wind up there? You know, why are we suddenly questioning what has always seemed solid and true? Well, it usually takes a betrayal, a natural disaster, an illness, some uncomfortable life challenge, a pandemic potentially, right? A, a, a death in the family, something that we've all been through recently. And when our worlds start to break down or they're challenged in ways that we just can't really understand, then we look in the mirror and then we ask from our heart, who am I? And the answer takes us on an entirely new quest. Now, the answer to the inquiry tends to present itself in layers. And, um, you know, because a lot of times you ask, well, who are you? Well, I'm in Kate Sullivan. I'm a, I'm a podcaster. So that's going to be one layer. And then, uh, oh, thank you. Who are you? It's going to take you, as you dive into it, it's going to take take you to a deeper and deeper place. I'm a woman living in the 21st century. Oh, well, maybe I'm a person who's had multiple lives. Oh, Maybe, maybe I'm a presence. Maybe I'm a, okay. So you just keep going. You keep going with it. And, you know, as you unravel, if you unravel too fast, you go a little insane. You don't want to. So inquiry is good. You have a little, okay, I'm going to ask myself for five minutes and I'm going to stop. But what happens as we ask is that we tend to, like, I know for me, when I ask the field of knowing starts to open. And I start to tap into something that's much larger than my sense of self. I feel really held by this field, really loved by this field, which is why I talk about it so much. I um, encourage other people to check it out. So in many mystery schools over, over thousands of years, um, there was a, a point when um, there was a need to establish a light body, this eternal body of light. It's once we got to the point so that that we realized we're not this body, the body's going to fall away. We're not this mind, although the mind might come with us or some aspect of it, but ultimately we're going to leave that behind and we're going to step into something else, something that leads us to our true nature, our infinite self. Now, I know in like the Celtic age, when you know, or actually even in this age, but but I mean, back in the day when you're going to walk into a battle and everyone's got like a wooden shield and a spear, um, you needed to have some kind of courage. And I think the reason they could do it is that they knew that if a spear went through them, they were going to go to the other world, to Avalon or to, uh, you know, a number of different places, this other world where they were going to meet their loved ones and life would continue on. So when we develop this eternal body of light, we do tend to become fearless warriors, navigators of the other worlds. And we can stand up during times of chaos and battle and strange things because we know we know that we're a point in this moment in time that this will go on forever. The, the story is eternal. And we can just be curious about the strange things that are going on, right? And something about this presence, this full presence, this full awareness also shifts 
the space around us, the people around us, the things that are going on around us. So this is, this is really part of the shift. So this eternal light body can help us as we live through uncertain times. As I've said, it's, um, I think I sometimes see it as this diamond point of light, other times an orb, it, it shapeshifts, but it's generally a point of light. And I trust that um, I, I had a surgery recently and I became very aware that I was, when I was unconscious, that this eternal point of light was <laughs> there. And if I didn't wake up, that I would be going somewhere with it, or that would be what goes on. So it became very, very real thing for me. Um, so this is what goes with us after death. And I, I think it's actually very good to practice because who knows, we're all going to go through this birthing to the other world eventually. And um, I think we can go consciously and with love and peace. Uh, and it takes some courage and bravery. But right now we're birthing a new planet. So let's let's stay focused here. You know, as an, as an essence where you're eternal, and that means that means as midwives we can we can really stand strong, even you know even why people do strange things. So according to Western astrology, on March twenty third, twenty twenty three, uh, Pluto shifts into Aquarius, and will be there for several decades. Now it's going to make one pass, I think, in June back into uh, I think uh, uh, blah. Does it get back into Capricorn, I believe? But anyway, it shifts back and then it shifts back again. So from 2024 on, uh, we're in Pluto's in the Aquarian age, which I think really makes a shift. We've been going through this shift since about uh, December 21st, 2012, and we've done various shifts as, as we've gone through. It's The birth has been a little more challenging than we had hoped but it's still going on. And if it's a, you know, 12,000, 24,000 year cycle uh, to the ancient ones or to the ones that are eternal, it hasn't been that long, even though it might seem very long to us, (laughs) to, to, to mere mortals. But if you listen with the ears of your heart, like the ancient ones did to the ways in which the stars are singing and the land is pulsing and the trees are growing and the, you know, we know that humanity is facing power struggles, enforced globalization, it, it just, you know, increased information technology, but all sorts of challenges about what it means to be a global humanity. Can you impose that? I would say that actually, as soon as you impose, you try to impose unity consciousness, it dissipates. So it's not something you can really do, which which is maybe the grace right there. But Pluto in Aquarius signals a time of revolution and deep change. You know, but ultimately, even though it seems crazy, I think ultimately it's for the greater good. It's just nobody really likes to change, but let's let's keep an eye on the prize. So standing in our eternal light bodies, we can be curious as we begin to tap into the collected, the collective unified field. You know, we're basically the unified field is unity, consciousness, or oneness. 
So we can tap into that. We feel our body, our light, our little diamond light body. We can feel it. We can feel this, these bigger, these vaster bodies as we, as we head out into the uh, boundless space where, you know, at some point we might not even experience so much of a self. For this moment, let's just focus on this spark of the soul, you know, because this is what gives us strength and guidance, even when everything else is crazy. This little spark just sort of sails right along, knows what to do. Even if you're sick, you know, even if like I, I was really flattened on my back for a while and it's, but that little spark was still right there, even though my my body might have been struggling a bit. The spark was still there and still strong. And I, and I became increasingly curious about it. This eternal body of light, this eternal and indestructible self. Let's think about that. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. So I think you can become conscious of this light body by tuning into it, by recognizing it, by engaging it, by stepping in and out of it by playing with it like a child, just kind of delighting in it, imagining it, and then realizing that it might be more ancient and more real (laughs) than the persona. That's a little shift right there. So place, you know, you can try just right now, just placing one hand on your belly, maybe your left hand on your belly, but either hand's fine. Place one hand on your belly center, just below your navel and one on your heart and simply feel the connection between your body and this infinite self. Like the portal to infinite self is more through the heart, you know, and there's also a head center, but I think for right now, it's just body and heart, you know, and so in this pivotal moment, in this, this sort of emerald moment, you know, when you're feeling, you're feeling the body, this gift of the body, this wonderful uh, sensory organ that allows us to experience the physical world, the sensate world. To feel that, to feel the gift of that, not to be cut off. Is we for a long, for many centuries, um, our forces that tried to make us feel cut off from our body. And this, I mean, I think one of the 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 wonderful things about the time we're living in now is that we've really come to understand that the body, our bodies, are lovely and important and need our attention, and then they can thrive with optimal health. You know, and with this healthy body, even a body that's not healthy, actually, but with this body, we can also attune to this, this higher self. They're not so separate. They actually coexist. We just seem to think that there's a veil between them, but there's not. And so in this moment, see if you can allow that veil to dissolve, just allow the infinite light the transmission here to just dissolve that. So you feel that your body and your infinite self are one and the same. And you might feel, I feel right now, like this pulsation beneath my feet, like I'm connected to the star and the center of the earth and that I've arrived in this Aquarian age, this fifth dimensional age. Some people, some people call it the fifth dimension. But whatever it is, we've made this shift to an age where there's this pulsing energy. 
Now, why is the planet changing the way that it is? Are we doing anything or is the planet waking up? I mean, clearly we should not be polluting the planet, but I think the the living landscape really has more power than we give her credit for. So in this moment, as we stand in this Aquarian age, maybe we become attuned to the trees, to the sky, to the water, to the land. And maybe in the way that we've learned to honor our bodies and our minds and our souls, it's not just about us. It's about our families, our communities, the world in which we live, the universe of which we are a part, the universe in which we all belong. So as this eternal body of light, you you can travel anywhere. You can stay on the earth dimension. You can travel off to Venus or Mars. You can go to Sirius B. You can go into the uh, underworld or, you know, several um, other worlds or heavenly realms, celestial realms. You can really go anywhere you want to. Um, it, we, we'll do another episode on how you journey with the eternal body of light. So right now we don't want to lose anybody. So stay in touch with your, with your body, your physical body and your light body. And know that there, there are other possibilities or things that you can do. And, uh, you know, so tune, tune in for another episode, <laughs> but right now be in touch with the field of wisdom. Know that you can tap into this field of knowing at any time. And take the pieces and messages that you need, everything that you need right now, the qualities, the capacities, all the answers are right here, right now. You have it. It's yours. Just take an in-breath and an out-breath. The great yogic traditions know, as Mark Whitwell says, we are the in-breath and the out-breath of the universe operating. We're breathing in and out. We belong here. We're exactly where we're meant to be. We couldn't really be anyplace else. You eternally belong to this field of wisdom now and forever. And you can relax into that. (laughs) So feeling this unification of the body of matter and the body of light. Remember, remember in this lovely place of unification, remember you can you can stay here or you can return here at any point in time if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling um, chaotic or you're feeling just out of sorts in some way. You can come back and practice this, your sacred place. It might be just a chair that you decide is your sacred chair, your sacred grove in some traditions or a sacred... Uh, altar, temple, establish that place. It's yours. And you can practice being there. Just being, just being the body of eternal light, which is truth, which is the eternal self. And the more we activate this eternal body of light and tap into the unified field, the more we establish ourselves in this Aquarian age, there's a promise of a thousand years of peace, harmony, and bliss. But how do we step into it? We have to establish that frequency in ourselves. And once we're in that unified field, once we feel the oneness in our own hearts, once we have achieved that 
grail, that fairy grail or the holy grail, once we have established that harmony and accord with being, we are in the Aquarian age. Some people talk about the, the parallel worlds coming apart. And I don't know if there's a coming apart. It feels more like there's more of a, just a, a deeper understanding and that, uh, and a deeper love and a deeper, there's no need. There's no need to go into division. There's no need to engage in object relations and there's no need to go to war, you know? And so when we can stand in peace, just by doing that one action, just sitting in your chair on your throne, just breathing with the field of knowing, with the unified field, know that that's a powerful shift. That's a powerful move. And it might be all you need to do. And if you're supposed to do something else, the field will let you know that too. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for diving in with me. And from this place of unity consciousness, you know, just remember the truth is simple. Freedom simple. You're already free. You're already free. You know, which is sometimes we have to clear the veils and the obscurations. We have to just return to our hearts. We can do that together. Then it gets to be really fun. All right. Well, thank you to my friends and listeners who have joined in today. May your lives be filled with love, light, and infinite light, actually, just filled with infinite light and wisdom and love. You've been listening to Anne Kate Sullivan, co-host of Messages of Infinite Light. And if you want to dive in to the imagination or the philosophy of the imagination uh, with me, I'm just starting to present it, to roll it out. And quite a bit of it is on imaginosophy.com. So I invite you to check that out. Know that it's still rolling out, but uh, I think we're going to have some fun with that. So speaking from the eternal body of light, know that we are evolving, that we will create a more conscious and awakened humanity together. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.